Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. episode of social suplexes podcast about aew with the proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite i am your host <laughs> floyd johnson and with me today i have two special guests uh first is the spoiler of the social suplex family mr murray bone how you doing murray <laughs> i'm good it's happy to be on here for the first time yes Yes, if, uh, just letting you know, he will spoil you in your chats. Don't get me wrong. James hates him. Uh, second <laughs> uh, second is my second favorite rapper, Rich Lotta. How you doing, Rich? Oh, whoa, number two. That, that's, that's high on the list. <laughs> I, I, now I need to know who number one is. Oh, uh, it's, it's Eminem. I'm that uh, Eminem's oh the greatest. God. I'm the Eminem <laughs> is the greatest rapper all time guy. Y'all were talking about me on the show this week. <laughs> So, so I'm gonna have to send you one of them hats now, Floyd. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, I, I always say, I always say, uh, you know, I heard, I've heard a lot of rappers in my life, and he was the first one that rapped about stuff that I could actually somewhat relate to. I was gonna say, I was, I lived in a middle class family. You know what I mean? I was like, I didn't know the struggle. <laughs> 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 Nobody was slinging crack rock, you know what I mean? I was Oh man, man I was watching Flintstones. I, so when other rappers would talk about that, I didn't I didn't really get it. <laughs> hey man, I just I just hope you don't relate to everything Eminem had going on. That man was into some shit. No, <laughs> so. no, no, no you, you, you know if you will understand I was like 17, 18 when Eminem blew up. I related okay. to the anger. You know what I mean? Oh, when you're okay. young and you 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 basically being told what to do and all that kind of stuff, and you know, n- you know, not liking your parents, I related to that. That was what I, I related you. to. It was, yeah. But yes, my musical tastes, which are self-claim, I always say, are pretty shitty. But uh, so, <laughs> dude, I, I was like bare naked ladies and Creed and all that shit that you. 
probably don't like people don't admit to liking. I liked it all. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, man, I'm glad to be back, though. Uh, yes. Here to talk about some AEW. I am very happy to have both of you on. This is Murray's first time on the show. You excited, Murray? Yep, absolutely. Yes, I am glad. <laughs> we are glad to have you on. Tiffany and Tiffany and Amy, of course, uh, Amy has become a, a at-home teacher because of the coronavirus. And Tiffany, uh, basically, she doesn't have a quiet place to record because, you know, uh, you know, everybody's at home. <laughs> so uh, so uh, we uh, I, I reached out last night, got the team on, and they are filling in. That's why, that's why the social suplex is such a tight family. But I'm going to quit rambling and like uh, work on like uh, work on getting straight to the stuff this week AEW got to do their version of the empty crowd show now they did have an advantage they saw the wrong way to do it two nights in a row or what friday and monday they saw the wrong way to do it so they could come in hot with ways to uh ways to correct it so my first question my first question before we get into the show. I'm going to start with Rich. Then we're going to go to Murray. Should they have done the show? From a health standpoint, probably not, right? But unfortunately, you know, TNT gave out a whole bunch of money, you see, and rain or shine, pretty much, they expected some type of show to happen. And AW decided to, you know, do some matches and you know pretty much do their normal show and they they cut down on you know the people that were going to be there um it told me one that you know what didn't feel comfortable showing up um you know they don't have to but you know at the end of the day they signed a contract and they had to deliver a show either way so it was either you know do some clip shows or anything like that but or you know just say fuck it and you know we're coming out here you know and, and just going forward with it and you know living with whatever the consequences are and it, it felt like they were doing a show that was like we don't know if there's gonna be another uh show for a while so we'll just you know put whatever out there now uh and the show ended up really good and i don't know if you remember floyd when when uh i was kind of messaging you about it before the show i was like well the cool thing is Tony and company get to watch two shows. And when you think about AEW, even if they didn't go the wrestling route, this was a promotion that essentially came to prominence on the back of a show that had no wrestling on it. So I was like, if anyone's equipped to do this, it's these guys. And I think they smoked it uh, on Wednesday. All right. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I tend to agree, but I'll get to my point in a second. Murray, should the show happen? Uh, as Rich said, in terms of health standpoints, probably not. But, yeah, like, if NXT are going to go ahead and do a show, then I guess it only makes sense that they have to do a show in a way to, you know, keep... Uh, but, yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, TNT wanted the show, so they gave him a show really yeah and you know that's what people don't realize um 50 50 whatever their amount of live tv shows they have live is actually 
there. The shows have are supposed to be live. And, you know, if the governor doesn't say, hey, this can't happen, TNT is expecting content. So, in my opinion, whether it should happen, I would have, I, I, I'm going to say yes. You know, and I'm not trying to be different. I'm not trying to be like the AEW Homer. It's just when, because I am absolutely an AEW Homer and Shield. I have no problem admitting that. But when it comes down to it, it's just these are grown ass people with jobs, and they know that there's travel, and they know they have to, you know, they know they get to make the decision. And if they say, "Hey, we're coming to work," record the show. I, I, I just see too many comments about people thinking that it's your job's responsibility to take the choice out of your hand. And I just, I don't believe that. I think, I mean, I just like, it would be like your job saying, Hey, we're banning smoking. You can't even smoke at home or you can't eat bacon or fatty food. There's so <laughs> many more things that we do every day that is going to kill. It has a lot more chance and likelihood of killing us than Corona that your boss doesn't say shit about. So why should they say shit about this? Yeah, and, and I think it's a, you know, there's a lot of, you know, of course, we all saw what Ryan Satin was talking about. And, you know, there are part of it where, you know, was he right about what he said? Yeah, probably. But we know where that's coming from. And then, you know, he tried to cover his tracks a couple of days later. But I think it's just a really complicated situation that no one really has the answers to. Um, and it's like, well, what are we going to do for our business? Like, and it was like, we're going to run a show and we're going to try to, like, make people happy and and they they decide to do like what I would call like a step away from a blow away show. Yeah. It was the great thing about the show is the one thing I was calling out the other company for is just put on this same show you were going to do just with no people, you know? And that was my big thing. It's just like go out there, have matches, cut promos, acknowledge what's going on and just put on the same show. And it's just, I think the difference between AEW and anyone else is that they have, because they're not setting their ways, there is no standard AEW show. They're willing to try new things. They're willing to take chances. So, hey, sometimes, you know, they take a chance, Nightmare Collective, and it's shitty. But sometimes you take a chance and it's a home run, like this whole Hangman thing. And this uh, this empty night arena, a lot of people have liked it. Uh, a lot of people have liked it, so that's that's you know all good. So I don't know. I don't know where where it is. I know some people, like I said, Ryan Satin being one, seem to have a problem with it. And I just all I could say is, you know, kind. Of, I mean, I want to say it. I, I know I'm positive all the time, but kind of quit being a bitch. You know. <laughs> it almost comes off like concern trolling yes. you know for me but it's like i like i it, it was real like it, it's just the timing is real suspect as you see all the positive reviews going on and all the you know the excitement over uh Brody lee and matt hardy and you yeah. know 
the the show overall pretty much like and then <laughs> throwing that out there at the same time the timing was just really bad yeah if you didn't enjoy the show just say you didn't enjoy the show but whether a company should be running the show or not running the show eh, i don't that's not really your concern the show happened make it make it decide if you liked it or not don't be don't don't be bitter because the people signing your check didn't put on the show. They just they just didn't. They put on video packages. And Which, and, and it felt like and I don't want to step all over Murray here, but it just felt like with the wrestling like <laughs> like they they did matches that were kind of worth a damn, so they were immediately undoing what seemed like oh this will never work. Like all those, you know, the Raw and the SmackDown and I didn't think SmackDown was half bad. It just, like, became uninteresting in a while just because they didn't do things to make it interesting. And then you look at Dynamite, and it was like, well, we got MJF out here gambling with Tony Schiavone and Sean Spears. You got the babyface and the heels crowned around the ring. You got Brandy ring announcing, and we all know how she feels about that now. But she puts on the smile and, and does it just because she's awesome and, um, you know, I, I thought they brought so many like elements of like making the best out of the situation um, to make it kind of feel like its own like one of a kind show, and I felt like they were just doing the show for us, yes. like and, and down to the way the camera was pointed. Yes, um, I want to send a shout out to the five hundred forty-two thousand fans that watched NXT on Wednesday, which was just oh, basically which was basically a clip show that you could. Just go on the network and you know watch. I'm just saying that's some fucking dedication there. I'm I'm being real. I, I, I'm, sometimes I wonder if they'll just stare at the NXT logo for two hours. But I, I wonder if like two hundred thousand is the old people that just put it on USA all day and never turn the channel. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Just yeah. NCIS, SVU, you know, Modern Family. Oh, there's some men in tights on whatever. Just keep it on the same channel. <laughs> I ended up watching that uh, show today, and it was very interesting, though. I, I, I won't completely crap on it. Uh, the Gar- I watched the Gargano and Ciampa part, and, you know, I came off thinking both of these guy people were, like, terrible people, and, you know, there there is no good guy here. But uh, it was really interesting, and, you know, I think that any long feud should should get its own like little mini movie like that yeah and, and you know and that is awesome i did i actually watched it later that night because i'm at work i don't have anything else to do so i watched it and i was like yeah i wouldn't watch this you know they announced that no matches but i'm mean, like if i was at home and i wasn't working and i could do what i really wanted i wouldn't watch that i mean it's great it was a great vtr and if they would have said, hey, this is a network special, Gargano versus Ciampa, and it basically been that, I would have been fine with it. It's just, I felt like you could have did something. You could have put mm-hmm. on three or four, you know, two or three squash matches, you know what I mean? And just did something in the ring. I don't know. Wrestling, I, I grew up on a lot of, you know, that uh, Tuesday Night Titans which was in the studio and then them, them showing basically matches from house shows. And I was just like, you know, and I grew up on that, but I've been trained that that's not really wrestling anymore. And right. I, like, and I kind of feel like that's what WrestleMania is going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, the other day I saw uh, Scott Dawson send out a 
YouTube video of like he something he uploaded from his private collection. Uh, it was a revival versus American Alpha house show match that no one's ever seen. I'm like, if you're talking about like Tuesday Night Titans and that, how about they? I know they film all those house shows. Throw some of those like just special matches that you have out. Be like, yeah, we're gonna have you know we're gonna show this and this, and they've been torn for years and they've got all the footage in the world. So. I don't know. It's strange because they do that and they cancel the thing. But anyway, it's not an NXT show. But I guess I'll talk about that on One Nation Radio tomorrow. But um, but yeah, if like if they would have yeah. like the like first thing they did is kind of show maybe show that match from the Cruiserweight Classic, then show DIY versus the Revival, and then just be like really make it all about them and still show the matches that you know matches that you wanted to see. It was just like I said, the VTR kind of idea of it was, it was alright, but you know, whatever. Again, not an <laughs> NXT show. You you said it right. Let's go AEW. Show starts with Cody in the middle of the ring, uh, on his Triple H game, trying to avoid saying coronavirus as hard as they can. I don't know why. Do you? Do you? Either one of you understand why they do that? I guess the reason why is that. They don't like people have heard about it so many times. They're sick of hearing the word, so I'm guessing that's why it was just to sort of like you know forget about it. You're watching wrestling. You're here for wrestling. You're not here for any other reason. Yeah, you know, it was a great rallying cry. The whole this, you know, try to get you a couple hours to forget uh, what's going on. Excuse me. A uh, couple hours to forget what's going on. And I think, I think Cody did a good job, but there was this weird transition between, hey, welcome to our empty arena, to going into the storyline stuff. I just thought was, mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of awkward. I don't know how, how to do it better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to tell you how to do it better, but it just seemed really awkward. Did, did it come off that way to you? I don't know. It was, um, I, I, you know, whenever I see Cody in a situation like that, I'm like, oh, shit, here comes speech, man, and think he's going to say something to fire us all up. And then it's like, I, I think he did as good of a job as he could, you know, it, it, you know, telling us, you know, the, the, the light of the situation there and then blending it like, I don't know how you can really do it better than that. But um, I, I think some of the stuff that he talked about in there were things that the audience really doesn't know unless you're like really inside, but they do that from time to time. Um, because you know, the whole thing with Kenny and Cody, uh, that hasn't been hinted at at all in AEW. Um, even though that's kind of always this underlying thing that everybody knows about. Um, and then Matt Jackson, like his, his importance and, you know, like, what do you mean? This is a guy that he's losing all the time. You know, the young boys always burying themselves and he's taking the falls. And then he's the second most important man in the company. It's, I don't know. It was like something where it, it was, it was, it was for those that knew. And if you didn't, I, I feel like you might've just been like, huh? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. That makes sense. I see what you, uh, yeah, I see, definitely see what you're saying there. It's just like, it was one of those things. It was like, I thought it was a good speech. Don't get me wrong. It was just that transition that in that little area where he went from real life to kind of real life to completely wrestling gimmick was just weird there. I don't know. Uh, you know me. That's about is that that was basically like me cussing at Cody. You know, I don't I don't 
That's about the most closest to criticism you get from me. (laughs) 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 So, uh, yeah. So um, we get into the ring. Kenny says, you know, Cody says he needs the best spout machine. And I, in short, I need the elite to be elite. Uh, they got a uh, hangman out there, and he uh, gives them the tip tip of the. I think it's whiskey. He switched from beer to whiskey, so uh, he and then then walked away. And again, hangman, a person I questioned whether they were gonna be able to be able to get over, is the most like over person on the planet right now, which is crazy. Um, let's see. They are, they decided they're going to stand together, and then Kenny does the intro and says, let's start Dynamite, and we get the big pyro explosion and lights and all that stuff like, hey, that was the prologue, the time for the show to start. Any thoughts going into that first segment from uh, you, Murray? Um, yeah, just a good way to... <clears throat> I'm trying to think of what to say. Um, yeah, it was a good way to start the show, you know, get basically hype up the what was essentially the main what was going to be the main event of Dynamite, and yeah, just a good start, I would say. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's no problem. Uh, we got yeah. the first match. We got the Lucha Bros. My boys Pena and Ray Phoenix. I actually watched a really good match today. Pentagon and uh, I was just going to throw it out there. Pentagon and Chris Hero. It was from AAW from 2015. I guess it was Pentagon's debut. And that match was really entertaining. If, you know, with all this free time, if y'all want to go ahead and watch that match, it was pretty fun. You can let me know what I think. Let me know what you think if you haven't seen it. I'm, like I said, I wasn't into really indie wrestling back then. So when people give me indie wrestling matches to go watch from that era, I definitely, I, I like, I always go watch them because I didn't even know who Pentagon or Chris, really Chris Hero. I knew, but I didn't know. I didn't know how good he was. All right, so we get MJF and they did something different, uh, and they had the fan uh, wrestlers, the heels and the faces. The heels were on stage right and the faces were on stage left <coughs> mjf said the winner's purse wasn't big enough for him to perform he's gonna let the undercard guys get their tv shine uh i will start again with murray what did you think with the wrestlers being on the outside of the ring i think it's definitely a, it was something different compared to what WWE did with like having just no one, they at least had some guys available to just pretend to be the crowd. I think that definitely gave it something different, def- something different, and at least some amount of you know atmosphere in atmosphere in the matches. And Rich, what do you think? I think it like it saved the show. Like it's the the key thing that made it good um, because even those small reactions and the, those things that be yelled out the crowd is just like oh shit and then you have to pay attention uh, to all that stuff really happening and it was it was just that small tweak that 
you know, was the difference here. And I, you know, if it didn't, if they those guys weren't sitting at the crowd, they could have got real boring. And sometimes it threatened to anyway. Like, I was not really a fan of this first match. I was like, yeah, let's wrap it up and, and get back to the promos. Because I knew that there would be some type of promos uh, on this show and some type of video pieces. And we did get those in spades. Yeah, I was looking at, um, you know, and I apologize for having to bring them up. But it's literally like the only thing we have to compare it to. I'm looking at SmackDown. I watched SmackDown the whole two hours last week. And you literally see people in the back lifting weights. You know, in the background lifting weights. And I'm like, you got like 150 people in your performance center. You couldn't have threw 20 outside 20 outside in the, the, the seats to make a little noise during the match to give a little ambiance. That was my actual critique on Friday. So it was like, you know, I wasn't even on a show or anything. And then you see AEW kind of address that. It's like, well, just nobody being out there just makes it look weird. And so I, I love that they addressed it that way. I love that they did it old school with the heels on one side and the faces on the other. Like, uh, like I said, it's just, and then you had MJF who I felt like was the MVP of the crowd because he was yelling stuff all night. He was like he he was into the matches. And then the whole gambling gimmick with him and Sean Spears, uh, that actually added to the match, you know, because he was like, you know, yelling like he wanted to win and win the money. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, this match, uh, we, we had uh, J.R., I think they've told him to just embrace Grumpy Jr. I think they've just embraced it, Grumpy Old Man Jr. Uh, have you noticed that, Rich? Yeah, I think at, at times, like he clearly has his people that he has relationships with, and he won't like try to bury like Hangman or Cody or Kenny or Jericho. And then there's other times where he's just like, yeah, whatever. I, I'm just here. To, yeah, like I, I don't know. I think he should just get. He should just um, stick with the main event stuff and then rotate Taz out and, you know, for all the undercard stuff. And, you know, I don't know. I, I Ross is hit or, hit or miss for me. I, I tune him out most times. Uh, well, uh, yeah, like I said, to me, it's like he's playing a gimmick. And it might not be. It might him be just being that angry. But, like, when Orange Cassidy was asleep, he seemed generally pissed off that Orange Cassidy was asleep. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Murray, what do you think of Grumpy Jr.? See, it's a weird thing with me. Like, I understand the giving. Like, I do like Jr. He's a he was one of the best, but I just, I just always feel like not all the time. With the main, like with most matches, I just feel he's he sounds uninterested. I don't know if that's just me. Me, like, I enjoy him when he's doing like you know these sort of like interview segments i really think he's good at that but i think in terms of commentary i just he, he doesn't work for me okay okay i could see that I, like i said i could see it because this jr is completely different from the jr of the attitude area who who almost was like a fanboy of the wwe and he enhanced every segment what that he was in i don't feel like he does that anymore but I do feel like he's almost like comic relief because 
you know, he's so angry all the time. And it's like you got Excalibur's like, no, no, and trying to explain these things to this grumpy old guy. So he's a character on his own. Um, so uh, outside on the ring, outside the ring was Lance Archer, Jake Snake Roberts, Wardlow, MJF, Tully Blanchard, and Sean Spears. On the other side was Colt Cabana, Chris for Daniels, Frankie Gazarian, Joey Janela, and Sonny Kiss. Um, so they had the money riding on the match. Orange Cassidy got involved uh, during the match, and they actually distracted the referee this time before Orange Cassidy did his uh, did his fall on top of uh, the Lucha Bros. But in the end, the Lucha Bros get the win. On the best friends, uh, Rich kind of heard what you thought about the match. Murray, what did you think about this first match? Uh, it was a it was a decent opener to the sh- it was a decent opener to the show. Show in my view, it's like it was a lot of you know loud strikes. It was a in like, a lot of loud strikes, lots of you know banter having happening in the ring, in and out the ring. In the ring, the distractions, you know, helped, helped, and it was a good, good match. I do feel like I, I do feel like the Lucha Bros and Best Friends they've wrestled each other quite a lot recently. I'm not sure if, like, especially just singles and tags. So it's not like it's hard to get fully invested, but it was still overall still a decent enough match. We didn't get our Rainmaker hug, and when they went to go for the hug to give the people what they want, they touched elbows, which is hilarious, because, you know, then you tried to, you know, pile drive someone, I'm like, just saying, that seems like a lot more touching than a hug, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Rich, did you have any more thoughts on this match? Uh, It it was just okay, like Murray said. Um, it, it, It seemed like it was going on a little long. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Like we, it, it was, it was there to get Death Triangle um, some more momentum. It did not live up to the standards to the AEW opening tag team match that I have set before. I thought it was, I thought it was a good match, but it was not a great match. Uh, you know, with the best friends, they have their things that they do. The Lucha Bros, you know, they can play in the Lucha Bros can play in any area. They. In this case, they wrestled to the level of their competition, gave a solid three-star match, you know what I mean? And after uh, after the match, it, it, there was an interview with Tony Schiavone and the best friends, and Chucky e. T said, you kicked my partner in the dick. Next Dynamite, we, we they actually let Dick go through, which was hilarious. <laughs> Next Dynamite, we want to meet you in the streets, not in a street fight. And they said... Not, you know, a street fight. We want to meet you out actually in the streets. So they said next Dynamite, which they were sure to use because they're not altogether sure if they can record next week. But they are going to meet in the streets, a.k.a. the parking lot. So it'll be the best friends versus the Lucha Bros. I can't can't say it's going to be a six-man. It has to be a tag because I believe Pac can't travel here. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where he's located, but um. No. Yeah, but, I'm looking forward to the parking lot brawl. But the UK is the exception, right? On the band. I, I think they closed those guys out too. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, you know, when you got calm money, you can make things happen that other yeah. people can't. Tony got the jet. So. Yeah, Tony, he's like, yeah, you can't fly commercial. I don't even fly. You know, I guess. <laughs> like I said, they got the con money. It's as as y'all say, Kong money is long. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> And uh, and then we get a fatal four way match. We get Hikaru Shida, ranked number one, uh, versus Rio, ranked number two. Somehow, even though she lost to Penelope Ford on Dark. Now, does that you're so irrelevant that when even when someone you beat someone, they just keep their same spot? Is that how it works? Or, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. I because I, I think you have to like work your way into the top five. So this may have gotten her to like number six or something. <laughs> so I, I mean, like like Rio's like a Duke losing to Stephen F. Austin, you know, to you know Penelope Ford. How she's been booked, Penelope Ford in like every match she's been in, she takes the L. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, she got a, she still got a, a long way to go. She got a long way to go. Uh, the third contender was Chris Stantlander, ranked number three, and then the unranked Penelope Ford, accompanied by Kip Sabian. Now I got a question: When they announced Kip Sabian uh, to AEW, did you think his uh, career path was valet? Hey, it might be the best thing for him. It, it might be, yeah, because I, I I remember he came he came in had the match uh, at Double or Nothing, the pre-show match with Sammy G. A lot of people thought that match was very boring, and then. Uh, he had he took Hangman uh, to almost a time limit draw, and everybody's like, "Why is Hangman going to a time limit draw?" So Kip Sabian had kind of you know people ha- kind of had a bad taste in their mouth for him. So this is a completely different than how they were presenting him at first. So, so it was both for the women. Yeah. So, so yeah, he he gets his ass kicked by women all the time, which you know, hey, that check. As long as you get in the check, I guess. Uh, so we get uh, the fatal four way. Um, we uh, what? How did it end? Uh, okay, so Sheeta used a Falcon Arrow on Penelope Ford for a two count. Sheeta followed up with a running knee to gain the victory. We saw a lot of beef between Rio and Penelope Ford. Do you think they're gonna delve more into this going forward, Murray? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think there's, this is just some... Uh, assuming there's going to be more episodes of Dynamite, I think this is going to be mainly just a TV feud. TV feud to give Riho something to do before our Simchal end up getting a rematch at some point with Nyla. Nyla, and then it's fine enough, I guess. So what I think they're, what'd you say? Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Uh, I think they're kind of, like, done pushing Riho for a second, and what they're trying to do is, like, get Penelope in there with someone with more experience like Riho, so I don't think it's close to finish, but, um, you know, I, I I don't have a problem with what they're doing with her, like, or with Riho. It's like, I mean, there's jobs to be done. Like, everyone in the company can lose. You know, there's no there's no one that's too good to do a job for somebody, so... Yeah. Um, that's what, and it's just like we we know what it is with the the women's division. Like you need to get wrestlers in there with wrestlers with more experience, and this is just an example of that. Anyone like mad about this? I I don't know what to tell you. And, and Rio is the plucky underdog, and the great thing about the plucky underdog is that you can heat them up anytime you want to. 
You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. and like you lose, you lose, you lose, and then you just start winning. It's not it, – that's the great thing about her. She's very much in the Rey Mysterio-type role. I think that's why JR does the thing where he says how much he weighs every match. And I know, and I know some people absolutely hate that. But it's I think it's to drive home the fact that she's not supposed to win. <laughs> yeah, and, and I thought the match was um was pretty good aside from the you know, Penelope had that one rough spot with Statlander. But besides I think she made up for it with that um with that poison rana off the uh second rope. And I, I thought it was like pretty well worked like from everyone, so um, I don't know, man. I the 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 AEW women's division like slander. It it it's it doesn't land for me at times because I just look at the talent of everyone involved and I'm like, I mean, could they be getting pushed in a different way? Or I'm like, sure they could, but you know, the company's establishing kind of what they want to do with them, and you can't say they're not talented anymore. Like you know, Sheeta, Rio, Statlander, and Penelope's like developing, and we all know she's a great athlete, so. Yeah, the first time I saw her, like in a match, was at NWA seventy, and I and I thought there was a foundation there. And to me, she has gotten better every time I've seen her, and that's really all you can ask for. She wasn't like, you know, when you know you were thinking, "Hey, who do you want AEW to sign?" I I bet she wasn't in anybody's like top five list, but she has a lot of. She has a lot of potential to be great there. And she has a look. You can't deny that she has a look. At all. It yeah. has the look. Yes. You, you, as I say, <laughs> like, you, you, just can't, you cannot deny that part of it. What did you think of the rest of the match, Murray? Um, yeah, the match was yeah, a very enjoyable match. It was an enjoyable match for the time it was given. I think it only went, what, five, five six minutes? Minutes? Yeah. Do if I... Yeah, I was quite sure, in my opinion. I felt it could have went a bit longer. But for what we got, it was a good match. Fun outing overall. Yeah, I thought the shortness of the match added to it because it it was very high-paced. It's what I'm used to from when I talk about a traditional uh, uh, Dynamite tag team match to begin. It, it was, like, really just quick and fast-paced, and, and then you got uh, you got the winner. Uh, I love those, like the moment where Rio, uh, uh, Rio and Penelope, they suplexed someone at the same time, and then they immediately like got in each other's face. And of course, Cheetah looks like she's the next person that they're pushing. So uh, I do love that uh, Falcon Arrow, and then the running knee to get the victory. It was good. It was good. Uh, nice, having, nice clean win. Nice clean win. It was uh, pretty uh, definitive. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed, honestly, my, like, if I had to say my favorite thing from the night, it was this. Tony Schiavone interviewed, uh, Colt Cabana from the ringside, having to watch him in his match. Colt, uh, said that, you know, Penelope Ford would be better without her scheming boyfriend. Saban is like, uh, goes up to him like, you want to take a row with me? And he pushes him, and then, uh... 
you know, Colt gives him the like, uh, get out of here. And then he pushes him again. And then he like just straight pie faces him. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> he's like, I act like a nice guy, but I am a wrestler. <laughs> you know, so Bro, dumb. it made him look like such a hoe. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was like, yo, you had to get Dragon Suplex by Rio. And then you just got completely sunned by Colt Cabana. Like, Colt treated him like, you know, he's probably old enough to be, uh, you know, his, like, at the very least, a very older sibling to, uh, you know, Kip. I think he's at least 15, 16 years older than him. So he could he could be his dad, you know, in, in the wrong scenario here. And, yeah, it was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so the, if the point was to make him look like the sniveling boyfriend, that, you know, the scheming, you know, untrustworthy boyfriend – that was perfect. They did a great job there because he looked, he looked like you know, just like a coward. He looked like a coward right then, and I thought that was perfect. And I just thought it made Colt Cabana look like a badass, which is not really the character he's played in other companies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, um, I don't, I don't really know that much about. Colt Cabana as far as like on the wrestling side but he's always been someone that has been I know to be very versatile and I've listened to his podcast for a number of years and I think he's going to be a solid addition you know and everything I've I've ever seen from him wrestling wise it's like he's going to be an awesome gatekeeper baby face for someone to get some heat on eventually yeah and he's the veteran that you can put a young guy like with Kip Sabian with and you know what? He's going to make him perform. He's going to make him look good, and he's going to make him step up his game when he needs to. Uh, uh, yeah. So that was that segment. Uh, that was that segment. Then we got another. We get into the match with. I'm just making sure we're not skipping a part. Cause where did the? I thought I had this in order, but I feel like I'm missing a part where. Um, Jake and uh, the Jake and Lance Archer was that did right, right before the Jurassic Express or right after? Do you I think it was right after? If I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, all right, so uh, Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy versus the Butcher and the Blade. This week, I have managed to call them the Jurassic Express, not the Lucha Express, which I don't know. I think someone on another show calls them the Lucha Express sometimes, and it has thrown me off. I think Brian Alvarez. Yes, he always calls them the Lucha Express. Like That's like one of my essential weekly listenings is after the NXT and AEW, I always try to listen to Meltzer and Alvarez, who, you know. So it was just like... He always calls them that, and he got me calling them that. And I actually think I like the Lucha Express better. But um, <laughs> so we get Jungle Boy in the Butcher and the Blade. MJF is like he has money. He pulls Butcher and the Blade over, tells them what he wants to do done. He got money on this match. He needs them to win. And yeah, so they stuck with the traditional. Jungle Boy was underneath uh, most of the match, and then they did the hot tag. To Luchasaurus, who Jr. does not seem to like his mask, and think I guess thinks his mask needs to change. Which, like I said, <laughs> Grumpy Jr. He was he was on a roll. I think he had something bad to say about someone in like every match. It was amazing. And um, yeah, so you know, Jung, um, 
uh, what is it? Uh, Luchasaurus did his uh, did his thing, did his hot tag thing, and you know he's super athletic. And the Butcher and the Blade are a tag team; they are very much a tag team. And but in the end, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy hit their uh, combination cutter to get the win. Uh, it was after MJF they hit uh, Butcher and Blade hit a big move. MJF said full death right now which is their finisher and that's when the uh, that's when Jurassic Express reversed out of it and then hit their finisher for the win and MJF was pissed now Murray I'm going to let you start what did you think about this match it was it was a very you know a, it was a solid match overall overall you know Jungle Boy seems to you know he's he's the one that gets beat down a lot which always comes in and does a hot tag and MJF of course was hilarious as always on the outside just uh, in in the crowd just shouting it was it was an, it was an enjoyable match to say the least. Rich, uh, I thought it was a solid tag team match, kind of a step up from the opener with the Lucha Bros and Best Friends. Um, I don't know what it is, but I like the Butcher every time I see him. He's just got a, such a unique look. He's a throwback. He's he's tough and rough and big and ugly and scary and mean. And um, I, I just really enjoy his uh, what, what he brings to the table. And you know, it's all every week. I'm kind of looking for a little bit more from Luchasaurus to see if he's you know back to where he was before the injury. I'm still. I feel like I'm still not seeing it yet. But um, I think with more consistent work, he'll, he'll get there. And Jungle Boy looks great every week. Um, really excited about about where that's going with Jungle Boy, and very excited to see kind of what's going to happen with MJF because they push it hard on commentary that he cost them the match. And of course, you know he he spent some money on that match, and you know I'm sure that it's going to come back around at some point. Yeah. Um... Butcher, to me, this was like a traditional Southern tag team wrestling match kind of thing, except the caveat of uh, MJF screaming for the finisher and costing, you know, his henchmen the match. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Is I'm, I don't know if they're going to use it to separate MJF and the Butcher and the Blade where they're doing their own thing separate from MJF or what they're going to do there. Um but I am looking forward to it. I just, I just think, uh, I and and I, and I got to sound like an old man here. I am old man. I'm, I'm like, I'm almost forty. So I grew up in a different <laughs> time. For me to take Jungle Boy serious as a main event contender, and it's only kind of like his work rate and stuff like that. I'm gonna need him to gain some weight. I know he's against it. I know, and I don't. I know he doesn't know why he needs to. But like Darby, he he wrestles in a way that he throws his body at you. It's like it's very much believable. He's a very slight dude, but it's kind of believable because he wrestles full speed, his whole body coming at you. Jungle Boy is more of a traditional type wrestler. And I need you to be a little bit bigger for me to buy that you're hurting people. I don't know. Like he- I said, it's I'm old, so. Just, he's only 22, so I don't know if he's grown into his man body yet. And then you look at kind of what what guys start to look like, you know, from ages like 27 to 35 in wrestling. Like they just get bigger over time. And I think he'll 
he'll have that natural, you know, if he can maintain his ability to be cut and shredded as he is, and then at the same time just kind of naturally grow into, you know, the heavyweight kind of thing, I think, you know, oddly, like a good person for him to look to and consult with would be Kenny. Because, like, you look at Kenny's frame. I remember the first time I saw him in person, I was like, yo, he's so much bigger than, like, I've felt like I have saw him be on TV. And Jungle Boy, I would imagine, is of similar height. Uh, I think at some point, so, someone's just got to get him on, on the cycle. And I don't mean, like, steroids. I mean, like, meals and, like, get that man on a meal plan, essentially, and he'll be fine. I'll just say, do what it takes. Wrestling's a cosmetic <laughs> business. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, do what it takes. I don't need to know how you got that big. That ain't my business. That's not my business. Trying to have this man out here with, with these these uh, what, what is it called? The the th levels or t some levels overflowing. I don't want. I am not suggesting he do anything. All I'm saying is, I'm not gonna ask how. You know, you come out 30 pounds big in two months, I'm not going to ask how it happened. I'm just going to be like, man, that was, that was a good decision. <laughs> so outside of the ring, like, uh, we had um, we had Shivani interviewing uh, the murder hawk, uh, Lance Archer, who Jake says he's not here to talk. We, we let Cody know we were coming. And he's chosen to ignore us. We're going to basically do something he can't ignore. Because he's a Hall of Famer. And he deserves more respect than that. And I thought this was solid, solid, solid uh, promo. That could have been pre-recorded. And the 65-year-old man could have stayed home. I was just, That was just a thought. Someone brought it up. And I was like, yeah, it really could have been. But I thought it was another solid promo for Jake. Uh, what uh, what did y'all think, uh, Rich? This one didn't hit me the same way uh, that the first one did. I think he was like kind of stammering and repeating himself, and I don't think he really had anything really necessarily interesting to say this time. Uh, so I just think they just got to make sure uh, they tell Jake, hey, this is what we're looking for. We just need you to get there. Yeah, if so, you have to write it yourself, great. Uh, you have to write it yourself. Great, but yeah, I know this the exact points that you made. That's what I noticed from him. But I just, mm-hmm. I think it did uh, escalate the conversation. Murray, what did you think about Jake's uh, uh promo? It was a solid promo. Jake, he's so amazing to see that he's just as good as he was like back. Not maybe not. Uh, yeah, just about as good as he was in his prime. Like he's such a good talker, and I think even though it probably wasn't as good as the last one he did, it's still you know just just it's he brings something to the table that's different. Yeah, he's a sixty-five-year-old man, but when he talks, I think he could kick my ass like up and down the street. It's just he has that believability <laughs> about him. He's like the guy in the bar that just sits in the corner and he doesn't talk a lot but when he talks you believe everything he says and that's what I think Jake brings to him is the believability I love him working with uh, Lance Archer because I love Lance Archer but being combined with Jake just gives him this badass mystique and then they added to it with the video package 
I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Peanut Butter Falcon. I don't either know. Did either one of you ever see this movie? Never saw it. All right. No. So it's Shia LaBeouf. And I didn't know what the movie was about. And then I go into the movie and I found out that the theme of the movie is professional wrestling. And so there's this certain segment where uh, these kids getting trained to be a professional wrestler. And they're out in what would look like this forest that they had for this promo. And it looked like it was the exact same set, set from the Peanut Butter Falcon. Just a ring out in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, Lance Archer's the badass, and he's just like, I can take anybody out. Very much carny. You know, you know, and it's uh, the ringmaster is uh, Jake over there in his chair and his throne watching his prize, watching his prize fighter just go out there and destroy everybody. And it was like when the big black dude got in, I was like, oh, man, yeah. I was like, they would have found a big one. They would have found a big one. And I, he gets in there and Lance just destroys him. And I just like, it's like, it was cheesy, but it was, it made Lance Archer look like such a badass. I felt like this had the effect of like three weeks of squash matches. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. You know, you can... and it was funny because I, I was like, man, that, that looks like Georgia. That looks like where Darby Allen hangs out. I come to find out they were actually at Darby Allen's house. Or wherever he films his shit, that's they were using that property or whatever. Oh, okay. And I, I know. Oh, I can't wait for Darby Allen versus uh, Lance Archer whenever it happens. <laughs> it's gonna be oh, fucking great. God. Oh my god. god. I, I fear Lance Archer is gonna pounce Darby Allen literally out of the ring because yes. I know Darby will totally do that bump because he's fucking mental. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what did you think of this uh, vignette, sir? Ah, uh, this it was a, it was a good vignette. I've, I'm a like ever since I saw him in the, saw that G1 performance, I've been huge on Lance Archer. I just absolutely love him, and I think this just I, I feel this works much better than just three squash matches. Of course, I, feel, I reckon they probably will eventually give him a squash match. Not sure against who, but <clears throat> I kept. I can't wait to see him make his debut. He's going to be fucking brilliant. Man, I don't know if Lance Archer would agree, but it seems like the best thing in his life was Davey Boy Smith not being able to agree to terms with New Japan. You might have a point. Yeah, because it's like they would probably still be in that tag team and they would probably still win the titles like once or twice a year and then lose them. But his career has completely elevated since Davy Boy went his way and he went his own way, and it's just like that's kind of crazy. And uh, it, it makes me feel like an absolute idiot. Originally thinking, oh, Davy Boy's clearly the better wrestler, but like it was Archer. All of a sudden, he gets a chance in the G One. He replaced, basically took Suzuki's spot. I was, I was thinking, why is he doing that? Then that he had that match with Fosbane. It was like, okay, never mind. Archer's better. <laughs> it was clear Archer was the man of that team and yeah it's like Archer's just a star now yeah he and he was such a big pickup he actually had a bidding war you know to sign him and it was just like if I asked you a year and a half ago with oh man Lance Archer's contract's coming up uh there's gonna be a bidding war you probably thought I was full of shit right I mean yeah (laughs) and and 
it's just like that. He, you add him, and then you start thinking about all the other guys that are circling the wagons, and slowly, you know, it, it all there's a lot of big guys here in AEW. Yeah, that can all work. Yes, and and that is that is something I thought they needed from the like from the beginning of Dynamite, the beginning of the show. It's like they need size. They need big guys that can work, and they have addressed that, and then some. Because, you know, we all know, we all believe Brian Cage was, you know, supposed to be uh, here by now. And it's just like, with what they have now, they've definitely added size to the show. All right. So we get the Dark Order. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson walk to the, down the ring to reveal the identity of the Exalted One. Uh, Evil Uno starts talking and he starts saying the Exalted One is near. Uh, Christopher Daniels interrupts. He says, you're full of shit. There ain't no exalted one. You know, this was all set to get you and Stu Grayson over. You have helped no one. Then the music hits and you see the screen. And then if you're watching really closely, you see a guy walk out in a white suit and white jacket. And and then uh, through the video, it reveals that Christopher Daniels is going to have to pay. He's not the first old guy to uh, doubt him. And he takes off the hood, and it is Brody Lee. You then get back to the ring, and standing behind standing behind Christopher Daniels and Frankie Cesarian is Brody Lee and the Dark Order. They attack him. He hits this stiff-ass clothesline on Christopher Daniels, and they take the ring, and the exalted one is Brody Lee. Murray, I got to find out. What did you think of the uh, revelation, sir? I was, uh, it was a great reveal overall, and I think it was, I think it, it's uh, definitely the most interesting choice they went with here, with having Brody Lee be the exalted one. I had my thoughts about him being it, but I've, I don't know much about Brody Lee outside of his time as Lakarpa. I wasn't knowing if he was, you know, if he's a, if he would be like a good enough promo to be the exalted one, but he, I enjoyed the promo he had, and I think it's he's a definite, he's a strong addition to the AW roster. The he fits the profile of exactly what AW can use, you know, in their attempt to you know grow as a company. It's like you got a guy with name recognition with you know a that can work, that's good, that's hungry, that's motivated, that's got a little bit of FU in him, and he wants to show, you know, that he was done wrong, and I think a lot of people are are very going to be very welcoming to him, uh, and as far as him being with the Dark Order, the Dark Order has been much maligned from day one, and they committed to it uh, by tweaking it on the fly, and like, yo, we're going to shoot these vignettes and tell you a little bit more about them, and we're going to basically turn it to like this big business Scientology cult and everything like that. And then with him being, you know, revealed as the exalted one, while it might not have been designed for him to be the exalted one, it makes all the sense in the world. You go from cult member to cult leader. You, you kind of got a little bit of experience doing this. And 
Um, it uh, instantly makes the Dark Order like a, a trios unit. If you want to put uh, Brody Lee and uh, Grayson and Uno together, you got two people that can talk in the group uh, with Uno and uh, Lee now, and he gets to talk like he didn't do before. Uh, I don't think this, like, compared to what he was doing before, this is a way big step up. Um, I loved his jacket, did not love his gear, but that can all be worked out. That can all be worked out. Uh, you, as you know, you know Tony's listening to your podcast. You know, <laughs> Tony Connell could get on, get in your mentions, and let you know. So, uh, yeah. he, it's one of those things. I, I say this all the time. Sometimes the expected thing is the right move. You could have went for the biggest shock factor and made it somebody like Matt Hardy or somebody that uh, that you weren't, you know, might not be around that long. But you went with someone you're trying to establish as a new star in your division. It's perfect. He's been controlling the Dark Order since the beginning, even when he was with another company. You know, this is this is great. He's a big guy. All I've heard about is how good of a worker he is. You know, I've seen a few WWE matches where he, you know, that worker came out, and it's just like, you know, it's. Um, it's going to be useful. I, I think he's going to be a great addition to the roster. Uh, I, I heard people say, you know, another former WWE guy, and I and I and I have this to say about this. Rich, you you do music, correct? You yes. Produce. I don't yep. do music, right? Yep. So you could just put me right in front of your tools, right, and say, make a song. <laughs> and nothing's gonna come out, right? Maybe not. Yes, because you got you got great tools and everything. But if you don't have someone that knows how to use said tools, you're not gonna get the desired result, right? Right. So and, and <laughs> it's like it's like if these people loved the, the the atmosphere they were in so much, they would stay. They would stay. So what they what I'm saying is I'm not saying it is and we don't know where Luke Harper is, but I'm saying Luke Harper is as a wrestler he's a tool, you know, and if you have someone that doesn't know how to use said tool, you're not going to get the desired results. So you go somewhere else to someone who is better at it, maybe you may, they may better find better use of you. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying the WWE failed or anything. I'm just saying they might not been, it might not been the right equipment for what they were trying to get across. They might not have the skill set to do with what this person needs to be done. As you can see with Jack, to me, Jake Hager. I think Jake Hager and his few appearances and actual physicality in AEW looks way more like a badass than he ever did in the WWE. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, these are wrestlers that, it's like, companies don't own wrestlers. Yeah. And, and the thing is, there was one company that was big for so long, like, I just, people don't have a grasp of this. Like, I was kind of on the younger end. Like, Murray uh, is a little bit younger than I am. But, Floyd, you remember in the in the 90s, it was like guys were going back. Like, it was like, yo, now Lex Luger's over here. Now, you know, um, f- fucking Eddie Guerrero's over here. Jericho's over here. The Big Show's over here now. Six is over here. Now X-Pac's over here. It's like 
the companies don't it really doesn't matter it's like it's just something for i think for people to try to point at aw and tell them they're being tna because we all know tna was unsuccessful and you know never really a serious threat to the marketplace or you know, pretty much a joke when you bring up TNA most of the time, right? Yeah. Aside from, you know, a couple of times when they did good work. And I think people are so desperate to try to tie AEW into that in the face of overwhelming evidence they've been nothing but, you know, a successful company so far. I yeah. That's all I think it is. Yeah, because, you know, Hulk Hogan's first wrestling match was with the WWF, right? <laughs> I didn't know, Floyd. <laughs> I mean, he didn't wrestle, he didn't wrestle for 10 years and job to Andre the Giant like Fifty-seven thousand times before he signed with with the WWF. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, the honky talk man. The honky talk man. He just showed up in the WWF, and he's like, "Man, you kind of look like Elvis." He wasn't doing like that gimmick for years before he got there. <laughs> and, and eventually, someone from AEW is going to go to WWE. Like it's it's going to happen. Yeah. Like eventually. Like. Uh, you can say it kind of already happened with Mercedes Martinez. Like she showed up for the for the one show or a couple shows on AW Dark. Then she showed up in WWE. It's it's weird, like how you know this stuff gets thrown out. But um, you know, Ring of Honor was developing talent for the last decade for WWE. So I, it's just it's you know, it's it's, so it's one of those dumb things. Yeah. You know, Macho Man's original gimmick with the WWF is that he was already a superstar, and he was the hottest free agent available in professional wrestling. Right. That was them acknowledging that he was a star before he ever got to the WWF. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing out some 80s references. Because that's, you know, AEW's kind of where Vince was in 81. You know, his dad had the WWF, but the WWF was his. And he was trying to make it go national. So it was basically like he was starting a new company. And when you start like, I gotta get new people. Yes, when you start a new good company, you have to get new people. And do you want a bunch of people that have never wrestled before? No. You want established people <laughs> that draw people in. I'm sorry WWE uh, WWE was the only product for like a lot of years, you know what I mean? But it's just like it's just as you said, it's a bad faith argument. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just not. Yeah, I mean that is the exact rich quote right there. It's just there's nothing behind it, so it's hilarious to me yeah. that we keep hearing it. It's just it, it's so stupid. And yeah, it's it is what it is. It, it won't be the last person to jump, and you no, know, it, it I hope more people. Look, I hope more people jump. Like. <laughs> Especially with the the, the second show that AEW is going to start doing, whenever that happens, like there's going to be spots available. I tell you, if Hager's contract ends with AEW and WWE comes with that check, he is bouncing. He is gone. He is. You will see like a dust imprint of where uh, uh, Jake Hager was. (laughs) He is out because he. That's what he's here to get paid. You know, that's what they're all here for. You know. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's a business. Yeah, it's, like a, it. it's a it's a business. You know, yeah. hey, hey, you know, as much as I am an AEW shield for free, if WWE came along with that check, that would be the <laughs> best wrestling in the world. Well, I, I'd be on here lying, and you know, I, I'd be doing all the stuff y'all be hearing from you know people who shall not be named. Right I would call now. my show. I would call my show straight capping. 
Because Vince wouldn't oh know what that God. meant. Straight happened with Floyd Johnson. <laughs> yes. Everything I say is lies. You all know it. <laughs> Vince would let it go because he wouldn't know what it means. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, man, that sounds like a great name. <laughs> now, uh, then we get the main event. We get the inner circle. The big hurt, Jake Hager. Santana and Ortiz, accompanied by Sammy Guevara, versus the Elite, the American Nightmare, Cody, or, uh, with uh, accompanied by Arn Anderson, Matt Jackson, and Hangman or Handwash Adam Page, as he is. Yes, yes. Handwash, as he's he been dubbed, uh, dubbed with Kenny Omega at his side, with the winning team getting the advantage of blowing guts. Another highlight of the show: Jericho's music plays. And, you know, we don't have the audience to sing along, but we got something a little better than the audience. We got the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara, and he gets to this part in a song where he doesn't know the words. And I was like, that is half the crowd when I'm there. <laughs> when they get to that part, they don't know what the words are. And you just hear, you know, people are just singing blah, 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 as loud as they can to the, to, to the tone. But, you know, like 10 people know the words to that song. I do not. I do not, but uh, yeah, uh, it was it was hilarious because MJF was singing along, Jericho broke character and laughed. Uh, that that was great. Then we got a match, and I don't know. I've I've seen it twice because I actually watched the show right back before I got on because I had forgotten a lot of it. It was a match. I didn't think it was particularly good. I don't know. It just it was kind of there to me. What did you think, Rich? Uh, I agree. Uh, I think it was a this was a match that was kind of just designed to get in a circle to win and then give you the spot of Hangman and um, uh, Matt Jackson not being able to get on the same page to do the move because he's obviously not Nick Jackson. But uh, I think, you know, whenever they, they get together, like it'll be Hangman and Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson doing the spot that they were trying to do before. And, you know, this wasn't a show for great work rate matches and then Hager's in there, you know, Cody's in there kind of playing off, you know, just, just kind of filling a role. So I don't, I don't think they Cody's were trying to do a blow away match. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. I, I don't think they were trying to do a blow away match, but you know, the, it was the atmosphere that just kind of saved the whole thing for me. What'd you think, Murray? Uh, yeah. Again, it was, it was it was an okay main event. It was nothing special, but it, you know it served its purpose. Purpose, you know it's it's like like of course you know the whole you know Sammy Guevara singing singing as Jericho joined the commentators was probably the highlight of highlight, and it wasn't even really part of the match. But you know it was a it was still a decent enough match. Yeah, I and, and I agree. I feel like I, I definitely it it served its purpose, but it was just like when watching the match, I kept like, oh, is this almost over? And it's like that doesn't happen when Cody's in the ring with me. It was just kind of like it it was just like you you knew something else was gonna happen. That's what I kept. That's I guess that's what I was like. I was waiting on the twist. I kept feeling like something else was gonna happen. And then and they have just pushed so much. How much the uh, inner circle was an actual group 
compared to the elite who had kind of become all individuals. And I was like, there's no way the, you know, there's no way uh, the inner circle is losing this match. And then they get the roll up and the victory. And then Jericho gets on and runs them down. And I was like, okay, something has to happen here. And again, you know, we talk about being so in, you know, into the elite world. You know, Sammy, Sammy Guevara does the drone shots, right? He does a lot of the drone shots. So when the drone came out, I was like, I thought it was a Sammy thing. Really? My initial (laughs) thought. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people that do a show about AEW wouldn't admit that. Everybody was like, I knew exactly what it was, but I didn't. I immediately drone thing. Then Matt got on the mic, and I was like, oh, that's Vanguard. But I was late. I have to admit, I was late. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's Vanguard when, when I saw Vanguard, I knew what it was, and I heard that music. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Vanguard 1. And then, you know, I've been open and saying, not really, like, crazy over Matt Hardy, like the wrestler at this point, but I think he's um, a, a very creative mind, and the last time this guy was left to his own devices, he was one of the hottest acts in the business. Do I want someone that can potentially like be one of the hottest acts in the business in AW? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> because yeah. it's like, yeah, and it's based on his creativity. It wasn't something that was handed to him, and it's like he can just import whatever he does there. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um and it's just like a really cool moment, I think. And it was like kind of uplifting to see Matt Hardy for some weird reason. Um, it was just like, damn, they're they're just, they're still doing dope shit. I could just imagine what the reaction would have been uh, in the crowd in for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have been big. Uh, Murray, what'd you think? Yeah, this is a brilliant, brilliant reveal. Like the whole. I enjoyed the after, you know, after victory with, you know, Jericho and, you know, saying he banned all dipshit fans from all future AEW events. W events, like, I'm pretty sure uh, Sammy also tried to hit on Brandy at one point. It was just nice. And then, you know, as soon as the drone came down, I instantly knew it was going to be broken, broken mat. And it was a definite strong, strong reveal. Reveal. Like Rich, I know Matt is Matt Hardy. This is he as good a wrestler as he as he was back then? Probably not. But I think what's going to be different from what we've seen of Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy in the later stages of WWE to now is that I think he'll be fully motivated. And assuming he's not in a he's sort of like on the Jericho sort of role where he's like not wrestling all the time, I think he could be a you know, a solid. He's a solid addition to the roster. See, and and that's the great thing about the broken Matt character. The character is so cool and so crazy that he's not expected to put on a five star match. All his matches are character matches. Like in my mind, the first match that popped up in my mind was Matt Hardy versus Jimmy Havoc at the Compound. Dude, <laughs> that would be so fun. You know, just like, and, and that's all I can think is like with Matt Hardy, I don't think about world titles and shit. I just think about it. He makes wrestling fun. You know, it's so over the top and so silly that, you know, you don't like, uh, I don't want it in my world title picture at all. I want it as as Rich and James would say, I want that far. I want that shit far away from my world title picture. No, but as part of dark, 
opening segments, middle segments of the show to give it a break up. Vignettes. Yeah, that is perfect. That is perfect. Look, tying in people with him, like, just like, what happens the first time he comes across private party? Yeah. Or something like that, and then calls him the party of private or something like that. Like, he's already doing on Twitter. It's like, just importing this new character. New, he has, like, his own world kind of built around him, in, in, in a sense, and then you can put people in there to kind of rub off of them and do what kind of older wrestlers is, you know, what it's kind of designed to do, which is lift other guys up. Yeah. So, uh, but that was the show. Uh, they were very clear that on the next dynamite, all this stuff was supposed to happen because they didn't know, uh, just like what happened in Illinois recently, Illinois uh, issued a stay-at-home order. So, literally, unless you are considered essential employment, like grocery stores, police officers, things like that, your ass is supposed to be in the house. So, so if they do that in Florida, AEW won't be allowed to tape. If If they're following the same, you know, the same rules as other states are. So, you know, wrestlers wouldn't be considered essential employees, so they would need to stay home. And most of the wrestlers don't even live in Florida. So, yeah, get the hell out of here. So, uh, I want to ask, would you had, would you, do you think they should have recorded more wrestling? Uh, Let's start with Murray. I mean, I... Assuming, you know, that I would assume they probably, I will assume they have taped dark. Uh-huh. I'm not, assuming they taped dark, I, maybe they could have taped more, but it's really, I don't, I guess it probably would have made more sense to tape more stuff. That way you've got stuff in case, you know, you can't do a live show, live show, but so check this out. So uh, I know they they did multiple days of dark as well as they did a matinee taping of something uh, the day after Dynamite, which would have been Thursday. Okay, maybe they so maybe they did the street fight then. Maybe they did the street fight then. Uh, I'm sure. I like I know probably like I think Dark uh, is on that because I saw a wrestler named like Suge Dunkerton. Um, had tweeted about wrestling on that, and he wrestled Kip Sabian um, for for something. And I think Hager had a match as well. I think MJF had a match on Dark. So I think they did Dark that night, maybe the next day, and who knows what they're shooting behind the scenes too. Yeah, yeah, I you know, and that's the great thing is that they're a private company, so and there was no fans there, so they could have shot all. The... Whoa, I got a cough. Got the melter cough, as some people say. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, they could have shot all day. I mean, we, we don't really know. And, uh, but it was like, that was a big thing. Like, Cody started on this community thing. And, and that was the first question I asked. Now, you didn't answer, of course. But, uh, first question I asked is, are you going to shoot shows? Because it's like, if they decide to show up next week. I would have as much of the roster that is willing to show up next week, and I'd shoot three weeks of shows. That's how I see. I don't know if that's right, wrong, but I would shoot three weeks of shows, and if I get to tape the next week, great. 
you know, you know, maybe do some of the stuff live, but it's eventually, I just feel like we're headed to eventual most of the country being on lockdown. And it's just not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a, if it's a win kind of thing. And I just like, I think they should be, just be prepared for it. So I don't know. Uh, I've heard, heard uh, you know, different companies, you know, well, the only other company that's shooting wrestling is trying to do that right now, trying to get as much in the can as they possibly can. And, and I just think, you know, they don't make a sense a lot of times, but that completely makes sense just to get as much wrestling out there. But coming out of this, before we announce, before we talk about what was announced yesterday, the signings. Murray. So we got, over the last few weeks, we've got Lance Archer. We've got Matt, uh, we got uh, Brody Lee. We got Matt Hardy. Uh, and if you got to think about it, you got to add Jake the Snake Roberts in there because he wasn't really an on-screen character. What yeah. do you think about the recent acquisitions? And Rich, you can jump in right after. Yeah, I think I think I don't have to lump Colt Cabana into that list as oh, well. Oh yeah, I but yeah. yeah, yeah, I think these are all like so, solid additions to the solid additions to AEW. Some maybe make. Right now, I I look at them all and I think they are solid, like you know, sort of like upper mid carders right now. But I reckon with some of them, you can absolutely make the main event stars, stars especially like your Brody Lee's and your Lance Archers, Lance Archers. They're all they're all four solid acquisitions. Like Cabana, as we said, he can he's a verse, he's versatile. He can do your comedy matches. He can do his serious matches. Is you've got Matt Hardy, who's just going to be an absolute fun to. Wa- he's just going to be fun to watch, especially just the vignettes and who his interactions. And then you've got Archer, who well, eventually when he gets his match, I think he's going to be, you know, just a great signing. And same with Brody Lee. And you, uh, Rich. Um. I think everyone's like, you know, a solid pickup. I don't think there's any like game changers here that are, you know, going to be headlining anything here. But uh, it's just about building up that roster depth and, you know, the Hoss division gets established. You get a new manager uh, in Jake and then Matt Hardy's just he's a versatile wealth of knowledge and experience and can also, you know, he's he's probably going to be someone that's backstage working in some capacity. It seems like AW keeps like an all hands on deck type approach. I've, I've the other uh, week I went through and counted how many people on the roster are getting two checks uh, as an office and also a wrestler person, and I think Matt Hardy uh, can line up there too. I don't think any game changes, but these guys are just going to make the cards better. Like you can do a lot worse than you know Lance, who's also hungry and you know coming off the best year of his career, and <clears throat> also uh, Brody Lee, as I mentioned earlier, like he's. Super hungry, and he's got kind of a hot act now, like with the Dark Order. Um, so I, I think you know it, it just depends. I can't wait to see them mix and match with the roster. Like I hope they don't retread into you know uh, old opponents that they've done. Like just keep Matt Hardy with the WWE guys. No, I want to see him you know mixed in with with, with everyone. So as long as they do that, I think you know we're we're talking about you know good additions here. 
And then my thought is that they've added some size, some beef, some grown ass men, some professional wrestlers. And those that's what excites me. Lance Archer's been in this game forever. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 going to be able to guide the younger people in the rosters, uh, get them away from some of the mistakes that he's made. Matt Hardy. When you need something like a dark character or you need something like a mystical character or something like that, dude, he knows how to make those things work. He can give you ideas and be like, ah, that's a little stupid. Like if Matt Hardy was there for the Nightmare Collective, that might not have happened. You know what I mean? He's just going to be like, okay, but if you're going to do it, at least lean all the way into the silliness of it, which I think Matt Hardy is really good at is leaning into the silliness of it. And, you know, Lance Archer is going to show the big man, like someone like Luchasaurus. I'm going to show you how to be a big man. You know, this roster is going to need a big man, you know, and it's just like, you know, he's going to be able to add that to it. And it's just so much creativity. Jake the Snake and Dustin Rhodes. I mean, good Lord, when you I'm like, I'm not even a wrestler and I want to sit in that promo class. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I just want to be a fly on the wall of that promo class because those are two people that are masters at it. And you know, Cody, you know, Cody's really good at it, but I doubt he's doing too many classes with running, you know, running the production. Right. But uh, yeah, um, I just think I I just think they brought some veterans in. They're gonna help guide the new people, and you know, we got you know more people on the horizon. Which, you know, you're hearing the revivals contracts. I believe the second one is up in June. And then you hear about Brian Cage, who a lot of people just assume he signed with AEW. Uh, yes, yeah, I think he's nursing a bicep at the moment. So that's like five months. Yeah, that's five months. But you think about it, it's all spread out. So it's keeping it fresh. And, you know, right. they're going to have the extra hour of TV coming. And then they're always going to have dark. It's like they have a nice roster. I thought there was clear holes in the roster, you know, when it was first announced. But it, like me, I've always print, you know, t- to myself, I had to preach patience because, you know, they had just started, and it's like, what is it? The first show was in October, and now we're in March, so that's what six months. Look at all the improvements on the roster that they've made. Yeah. Look at the additions to the women's division, the size that they've gotten. You know, they've they've added so much to they've added so much to the company and they've started building their new stars. So I I just really excited about these acquisitions coming up. Matt Hardy, like I said, I've never well, when he was younger, I he was my favorite Hardy. You know, he had the side effects, he would do those different moves. But as he got older, I did I you know, I stopped really liking him wrestling. But that Broken Matt character in a Broken Matt universe was, I just thought it was genius because it was like, you know, you talk about people that are older not adapting with the times. That was completely adapting to what was hot in wrestling. The irony wrestling, the goofiness, the leaning into the silliness of professional wrestling. That was what was hot. And I think think you can kind of credit him for a lot of that. Yeah, because it was like, oh, okay. This is silly. And yeah, okay, okay. I'm going to go more silly. When you think it's dumb, I'm going to go three steps past that. And I, yeah. yeah, he might have been, you know, the catalyst for that. Because, you know, you look at all the people 
that have leaned into it. It was like Orange Cassidy. Everyone acts like, oh, this is so stupid. And I'm like, but he wrestled for how many years? Ten years without no one knowing who he was? Bro, and then he check started... this out. <laughs> I was at Joey Janela's spring break. I he, Apparently, he was on the card. I didn't even know who he was. And then the, a year later, we were all in New York together. I see Orange Cassidy getting this huge reaction. I'm like, who is this? And little did I know, I had watched a guy a year prior to that. Didn't stand out at all. Yeah. He's like, like he was starting, like people were saying he's been wrestling like 10 to 15 years and it's just like no one knew who he was. And he started getting noticed when he stopped doing anything. Who mm-hmm. knew? Now, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like I said, I was at Revolution and that dude was the most over person there. And, you know, that hurts me because, you know, Cody was on the show. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was the most over person there and it was not close. So, uh, yeah, looking forward. Like I said, I'm looking forward to how they work all these people in. So, Friday, we get a message from our faithful leader, Tony Khan. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to hit the gist that the Blood and Guts show is postponed. and The Blood and Guts match is postponed indefinitely. And next week... Uh, Chris Jericho is going to confront Matt Hardy face-to-face, one-on-one for the first time ever. Everybody's like, well, they've had to wrestle, but it was it's going to be them promoing each other. And it's going to be Matt fully in his Broken Matt character and Jericho fully in his Lay Champion character. And it's going to be fucking fun. But I need to know, Ian Murray, uh, start with you. What do you think about the decision to postpone the Blood and Guts match? I think it makes a lot of sense. This is a, this is a match that it looks like. I think with the with the type of match it is, like you you're expecting a lot of big stuff to happen. I'm probably and it, with a show of it called Blood and Guts. I'm assuming there's gonna be. There would be some blood, and with the current situation with the coronavirus, I think that is. It's a, I think it, if it's for the safety of everyone, I think it's the right choice. Uh, Mr. Rich, what do you it's think? So, it, it's so. It's also like um, not only the safe choice. This match deserves a crowd. Like, don't blow that off until you have to. We know it's going to do a good number. And as far as like Jericho and uh, Matt Hardy getting together, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like a lot of Jericho's like funny shit bouncing off of Matt Hardy. So it can it can be nothing but good. And they're already hyping it up on Twitter. Uh, what, like when does Jericho not come through? So I trust yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. He's the one person, like. He's so good at everything that it's like you put a mic in his hand, you put him in a ring, he's going to find a way to entertain you. Matt Hardy, I mean, being on the mic in his character is what's entertaining about him. So seeing seeing these two people interact is going to be pretty freaking amazing. Uh, I was like, I was all about moving blood and guts. I was one of the people yelling that they should move blood and guts like from the beginning. I was like, I thought they should have announced it this week that it wasn't going to happen until 
it can be done in front of a crowd. If you're going to be in a cage match and you're going to be taking those kind of bumps and you're going to be bleeding, which you know Cody's going to bleed at some point, you know, uh, you know, Man, he, he's going to bump himself getting in the cage and start bleeding. Yes, you know he's going to bleed. You know there's going to be interference. You know it's going to be all that. How are you not going to have that in front of fans? I uh, let me say this. I feel the same way about <clears throat> WrestleMania. I don't think. I think I'd rather you just wait. WrestleMania right. should be in front of 60,000 people. It, it shouldn't be in front of nobody. It just makes no sense. Call it something else. Call it wrestling extravaganza. I don't care. But that's how it should yeah, be. Like we're postponing the pay-per-views like, until we can get it and build up new matches. But, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just think it makes sense. I um, had two more questions. Do you think Double or Nothing is going to happen? Rich, what do you think? Right now, it looks like no. Um, and that would suck big time. Um, because this company is kind of, you know, it's a traditional wrestling company still, and they need that revenue. And, you know, that would have been a nice, you know, buy rate and, you know, just the tradition of that I feel like Double or Nothing was working to establish. And um, right now it looks like a, like a no-go. And that's like the end of May. Everything could change in a week, but it doesn't seem likely at this point. I'm only working with the information that's kind of out there. Right now it seems like no. And Murray, what do you think? I think the same. Really. I don't see it happening. I, I, anything could happen, and it Everything could be given the old clear, but for now, it looks highly unlikely it's going to happen. And, and unfortunately, I have to agree. Uh, I've been in a pretty much since I went work from home. Well, since I went work from home, I've pretty much been isolated. The last thing I did was go to the movies last Saturday, but pretty much it's been home. I made a McDonald's run and I went to the grocery store once. Pretty much not doing anything. That being said, uh, that being said, every time I went out, you wouldn't know anything's going on. <coughs> Everything's hmm. been crowded. Gas station has had lines. And so, if you're getting gas, you know what you're not doing? Going to park your car at home. You know what I mean? Right. I've had to have a tank for like a week and a half because I didn't think I was going anywhere. So, I didn't, yeah, no reason to put gas in my car. So, People in Oklahoma are not quarantining, self-containing, or anything like that. So, if this trend continues, there's no way we're going to be done with this in two months, which is kind of depressing because when WrestleMania got canceled, I switched my plane flights to Las Vegas. Yeah. So, uh, so it would suck. So, I was going to Double or Nothing because I was at the last Double or Nothing. And it would really suck if it didn't happen, but I would understand it because public safety comes first. But that would mean I would. Yeah, have- and, and it, you know, double or nothing next year. Let, let, let's make sure we're both there, Floyd. Yeah. That's well, my early plan, 2021. Yes, yes. I, I actually will turn 40 next year. And Vegas nice. is like a good place to be 40. So there you go. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, um,. Yes, and that was uh, that was that. Like I, I said, it was funny. I had to look at it because Tiffany mentioned it. That might not happen. I'm like, that's full two months from now. I feel like 
people would learn from other parts of the world and, you know, adjust. And they are not <coughs> at all. <laughs> I've seen people at spring break. Uh, spring pool. Yeah, that, that was like what? Like, that was like 10 minutes from my house. Like, all the stuff you were seeing, like in Florida, like it was in Clearwater Beach, like 10 minutes from my house. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> St. Patrick's Day, all that stuff. It's going to, it's literally what people are going to have to know is people don't like being told what to do. So, the only way you're going to get this to stop is to stop it, is to say, hey, you can't come out of your house or there's going to be repercussions or whatever. But, uh, so, the fun part, the last part, start with Murray. Uh, what are you doing? Do you have any tips for people during this isolation to help pass the time? <laughs> like, are I mean... you watching any matches? Are you binging any shows? What are you thinking? Uh, like I've been trying to watch as much from New Japan World as much as I can. I think might actually start actually using the WWE Network for once because I've still subscribed to it, but I just have hardly used it. So if I can finally use that huge archive they have, they have. I've still got work work to go to because I work at I work in a shopping market, so I know. So I still have to do that. I've got. I've got my PlayStation finally being used as well because for a long while wasn't on that for ages and now I'm on it a lot more often. So just, yeah, it's just finding something to do, really. Rich, I'm probably taking some content from your show. What do you, what do you suggest? Uh, I suggest, one, what people need to wash their ass, for one. Don't, don't forget about doing that. Um... <laughs> So, uh, I would probably say, I actually, today, I watched Okada and Omega 4, um, Kenny Omega's big IWGP title win, and that's like a movie in itself. Uh, Start using that network. Um, I was watching, uh, I was working from home all this week, and I watched a couple episodes of Monday Nitro. I was watching some old Starcades. Just anything you've ever had an affinity for, and, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, I would say just go check it out. Like, Like, what else do you really have to look forward to right now? Um, you know, besides like empty arena shows, which are cool, but you know, they're not the same. So if there's anything you didn't see, I would, I would recommend checking that out. Um, you know, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin just had a really good conversation on the WWE network. Watch some of those Bret and Austin matches. Um, like you can't fuck with those. Um, and then all those G1 matches that you might've, you know, skipped over or not got to. It's a perfect time to go check those out. Um, you know, I, you know, I, there, there are a lot of things, you know, if you're, you're someone that has like a, you like video games, dive headfirst into those, but make sure you're still like, you know, uh, like you don't, you don't overdo it. Cause then you'd be like, damn, it's only been two days and I've just like zoned out completely. So I think it's important to you just switch up what you're doing. Like, you know, I do music so I can always dive into that. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be, um, something, you know, for, you know, if if you are at home and you're you're stuck, you don't really know what to watch. I would probably recommend, you know, go watch and see how some of this stuff used to be, like in the '90s and you know, like the late '90s. It's just see what everyone's talking about, like because and decide for yourself because there are a lot of things that you know I liked back in the day, and then there's you know stuff that's just 
trash. So go find out for yourself. Especially with like WWE like repainting the history all the time. So um, it's all right there. So you can go check it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my thing is, anytime I'm in the social suplex, I'm on the social suplex Discord. I'm in the social suplex. We got our Facebook chat. Anytime someone suggests a match and I have a way to watch it, I go watch it. Because it, it like literally, if I'm watching a TV show, I will press pause and go watch that match. And I've I got a <coughs> whoa, I got a list that I wrote down of different matches that uh, people have suggested. Because like a lot, I'm very honest about my indie wrestling life. It was non-existent before 2017, 2018. So, uh, mm-hmm. so when people say anything like, "Oh, this random match from 2012 or whatever," I'm gonna go watch it because. I didn't watch it then. I wasn't into it then. I didn't know who a lot of these people were then, so that's something I'm doing. Uh, I have PlayStation 4. I play. There's this free to download game called Warframe. I've been playing a lot of that. Uh, the, my wife does not like that, but I've been making up for <laughs> that by cooking and cleaning because I'm here all the time. And that's one thing. Make sure you stay on top of your cleaning because when you're in and out, you don't yep. notice the smells. But when you have to sit in it, yeah, you notice all of it. Yeah. So make sure you stay yeah. on top of your cleaning and all sorts of things. So I've been doing that. I've been trying to catch cleaning off my DVR, watching TV shows that people have suggested that I went past. But, yeah. But uh, you can always, if you're bored, you can always just hit up at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. And, you know, just ask me a random question and I'll answer it. Um, But, yeah, uh, next week, the only thing I know, because I don't know if. Let me ask you this, because I've I've been trying to keep up. Are they postponing like everything that they had planned or just that one match? So are we still getting I think it's just that one match. So right now we're still getting a street fight next week. I think I also had, yeah, yeah, I heard something about, I think it was like Wardlow versus Luchasaurus in a Lumberjack match. Yeah, which, yeah. yeah, which is weird. So, yeah, because I guess he comes from MJF being pissed at the Jurassic Express and having beef with them. Um, what else? Did we have anything else that they announced? No, I, tried to, I tried to keep a list, but like That's I said, it. the list kind of got deleted. Not, no pun intended, because uh, <laughs> because I didn't know if they were delaying everything or just that one particular match. But we'll probably hear from the Dark Order. We'll probably hear from Lance uh, Lance Archer, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, how you feel about a Lance Archer Cody match at Double or Nothing? How excited are you for that, Rich? I wish he was wrestling Kenny, but I guess it'll do. Um, Man, Cody Kenny would be a good match. No, I mean Lance no. and Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> trying trying to stay far away from these Cody and Kenny matches. I, I, I've seen two. I'm good. <laughs> um, they, uh, you know, I think they just need to. You know, I trust him to write a good story to get there. Um, 
Lance Archer is going to be hungry to bust his ass, and it'll actually give Cody some someone to fight that actually looks like they're dangerous rather than it's like Sean Spears or MJF, who no one's really afraid of. They just kind of hate that person. So if Archer can just get more over as a monster, um, it'll kind of like have the similar effect that the Warlow Cage match had because you kind of was like, man, Cody got to go in there and fight. Like it, it ain't no like bullshit that you know is really going to help him here. So I, if they can recapture that energy, I think you know Archer obviously being a better be- wrestler than Wardlow, they'll they'll be able to figure it out and give us some good. Yeah, you want to know something Hopefully. weird is like my whole little head cannon. You'll be shocked to hear this. I kind of want Lance Archer to like destroy Cody in their match. I think it would give mm. Cody more of a storyline, something to build to, because he keeps building to these kind of one match things and it's done. You know what I mean? I want him to be like, oh, you got embarrassed. Now you got to get tougher and then set that up for another match and maybe get his win back before moving on. Yeah, he's, um, he's, I, I think I heard uh, Mike Sempervivi talk about this. Like he's, um, he's hot shotting a lot of like angles really fast. Like he's blowing through like a bunch of people turning on him. Um, different, different stuff like that. He just has to be careful, like without, yeah running out of stuff things to do yeah and you know what even though kind of i got beef with mr simpariti vv whatever his <laughs> name is i got beef with him i gotta say that to me that made that was one of the things that he said that makes sense like i love cody honestly whether he wins or loses matches does it you know really affect me you know i'm just watching wrestling you know i love the way he performs but it was just like, yeah, it's like you wrestle this guy, he's gone. Like the Sean Spears thing I thought was going to be stretched out over six months and or three months. And it was just like, okay, few done. Jericho, one match done. MJF, one match done. I would like to see mm-hmm. him be in, in multiple matches with someone, whoever it is. Maybe Lance Archer at Double or Nothing. Maybe then do like a last dance standing or bunkhouse brawl or whatever the hell he wants to pull from the 80s at uh, All Out or something like that. I just think that would make more sense. You know, as much as Co- much Cody as I can get on my screen, I'm happy with. You know what I mean? But it's just like I would like to see him have an actual feud rather than these just one so one question whenever blood and guts happens right and if like they all got to make their entrances and they're not like all out there already together like when it's time for cody to come out like if he doesn't come out like first in the cage is he gonna do the full entrance like are they gonna do the choir joint and they're gonna lift him from under the stage you know and and blow like a a, you know a minute or so of of the period before he gets in the war in the uh, blood and guts cage match I would just say your entrance should be that of of the star, and since he is the shiniest, brightest star in wrestling, uh, I think <laughs> coming from the ground uh, to the lights is like absolutely necessary. Uh, so uh, I don't know. You leave Pat Jackson in there to get killed. <laughs> so I, I am all for him. Doing whatever it takes because he is great. Thank you. Thank you. So funny. Yes. Uh, I'm just saying. Cody is 
on another level. So his entrance has to be on another level. It it just has to be. I don't know anyway. Yeah, you know you gotta you gotta get you gotta make sure you know the periphery stuff is is on point. Uh, hey, you know? hey, hey, rich, rich, <laughs> hey, rich. I'll see I'll see how much you love Cody. Hey, I'll pay, I'll pay for your Vegas trip. If you wear nothing but Cody stuff while you're there. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh I, I, got, I got plenty of gear. I got plenty of gear for you. It will well, I had to get my own Nightmare Family jacket. <laughs> yes. you, you, you think Cody would give you one too? I got you, man. You know. like, I'll put the rich name on there and everything, you know? I'm just saying, I got you. You come all nightmared out. I got your trip. You ain't paying for nothing. Oh my God. You, you want to no. drink after the show? Floyd's got it. <laughs> I, will, I, mean, I will convert you or I will buy you. <laughs> uh, got a prize? Okay. <laughs> Kenny would not approve uh, of such behavior, and neither will Greg, uh, my boy Wazerati. Nah, man, we, you know, we. Kenny, come on over to the Nightmare Family, man. We're always accepting guests. I mean, also, I was say, unlike the Dark Order, how about because I don't want Tiffany to, to, to get upset with me either, so uh, I'm just keeping moving. As I say, unlike the Dark Order, you get a spiffy jacket with us. Come on. You know, Dark Order, you get a nasty mask. You get a spiffy jacket with the Nightmare Family. Put your name on it and everything. Uh, no, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, they have QT Marshall, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, high Excellence. <laughs> Marshall. Yes. Weekend was canceled because we couldn't find a way to get QT versus Will, you know, somewhere. Oh, so crazy! Uh, when I he's so unassuming when you meet him, you know, QT is just like just there, and then he, then he wrestled, and he's like, oh, this guy can actually, you know, kind of wrestle. It was like very interesting because I remember hearing that he had a school. And that he was training people, and I was just like, that guy? Ah. Him. Yeah, him. He, he's training people. And I was like, all right. I remember I was, like, sitting next to him. I had my little I had my little turnbuckle pad where I could have got him to sign it. And I was like, no, I'm good. Seriously. I'm not even kidding. I was just like, like, I know he's the guy that's around Cody, but I didn't think he was talent. Shit! I saw his first match. You know his Cody, Cody uh, match against Butcher and the Blade, and it was just like, huh? They can go. This yeah. dude can go. Just awesome, awesome. You know, high flying brilliance. Yeah. Hold on, just yeah. No, James is furious right now. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. James. James is a Cody stand all the way. He just doesn't know it yet. Just, it's in his soul. And, you know, I heard him I heard him reluctantly talking about uh reluctantly talking about uh the uh, music of AEW and I was like and then he tried to say all the wrestling music is trash. I'm like, no, no. The music of AEW is amazing. <laughs> 
I was like, I was like, let me tell you, because with 15 minutes left, y'all kind of did the like y'all was wrapping up and I almost turned it off, you know, and then Uh I kept listening and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> then, I'm getting, then they're burying me by name. <laughs> I'm like, come on. What's going on? <laughs> but thank you, Rich. You fought the good fight. You you fought the good fight on the AEW music. Lucha Bros and Proud and Powerful's music go hard. I don't know what nobody, I don't care what nobody say about that. I love both their songs. But wrestling music has always been like the generic music of you know in general but those i don't know I, I i don't know maybe i'm just looking for more like specific examples like is it like you know is it the music trash right or is it everyone's themes that are in the promotion like i don't know because yeah. most of the stuff i hear is like you know it's fine yeah. like yeah <laughs> i like sammy g's music i i love sean spears music i think sean spears music and I hope Sean Spears never hears it. I think his music is way too good for him. <laughs> so, yes, I was like, that is the music of a star, and you are not a star. So stop it. Give that to like every, else. Like, I don't. I don't know there if there's someone like that matters on the show that just has like just turn like just turn the channel like when you hear this song. Like I don't. I don't know, like, <laughs> dude. Yeah, the first time I saw Sean Spears' entrance with that music, he's in the chair and the lights on. He's got the towel over his head. And I'm like, oh, this dude's man, about man, to like beat Cody. Yeah, this dude's about to beat Cody. I'm like, he's about to beat Cody's ass. And then he comes out and just takes that L. Yeah, just takes that L. And I was like, man, I was really thinking they should have gave this interest to somebody else. I'm like. This is, but no, I have no problem. I I I like the AEW's music. It is mostly most of the music is hip hop and bass, even the hills, which is kind of crazy. And you know, the two biggest songs, of course, are the Fozzie song and then you know Cody song, which technically that's the heel face of the company and the face face of the company. So they should kind of have the big songs. And you know Moxley is a no nonsense music kind of guy. He just yeah, I, I, I think his music is is good too. Like, is it like are they talking about the home promotion music, like yeah. themes that Mikey Ruckus makes? Yeah. Like, yeah, because do people just be sitting around banging and like sitting around listening to wrestling music? Is that what y'all? Is that what people do? <laughs> I, I mean, I I mean. I, I mean, Cody's music is my alarm, but that's about it. You know what I mean? That's that's, and then I listen to wrestling music on wrestling shows. So I just it's like I don't know. Is they is wrestling music something you're supposed to be able to sit around and drink tea to or something? I don't know. I'm just asking the questions because I don't know how yeah. people listen to it. I'm like, you know, like the hybrid two one. I could say I could see people going either way on that one. And I don't know. I kind of like the. Uh, it feels like uh, with the Lucha, um, not the Lucha, the uh, Jurassic Express. Sorry, I yeah. almost did it. Now yeah. it's like some exploratory, like National Geographic music. Like I think it fits them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not really huge on the Best Friends music, but you know they've had that forever. 
but I don't know. It's so so we just all agree Sempervivi's is horrible person, and you know he doesn't know I music. Just, I just think I, I just <laughs> I just think it's a it's a it's a narrative people ran with without actually digging into yeah. what they like and what they don't like. If we laid them all out on the table and was like, all right, is this theme good? Is this theme bad? Like there'd be way more in the good column. I think I I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I, Murray, you 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 kind of in the background on this. What do you think about AEW's music, sir? Uh, they do have a lot of good. They do have a lot of good themes. Themes are like, of course, I've I bring up Kenny Omega's theme. I've always preferred his New Japan theme, but his AEW theme is still a good theme. Cody's <laughs> theme is Cody's theme's up there for me. For me, um. Private parties theme, just they're, they're all really good. They're all good themes, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Private party is just like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They say that you want to sound like. Uh, I think y'all say that y'all it wants to sound like shots, and I'm like, that's exactly what they want to sound like. That, that they do it during their match. <laughs> there is. There was no. I don't think there was no. Uh, they weren't trying to hide anything there. It was like. I think it's just like, you know, like James said, it was too on brand. Like, I felt that way about Kona Reeves' theme. Like, it's the finest, the finest, the finest. Like, it's just too much. It's like, you know, but I don't know. Private Party is like, because I've actually listened to it. Um, you know, I've listened to it in, you know, like on title or whatever. And it was like, okay, there's a whole intro. There, there's like, you know, this is the part they play during the TV. Like, so, you know, whatever. AEW can't make Kona Reeves work. That's all I'm just saying. <laughs> even the great Tony Khan. Yeah, they can't make that work. Even the great even the great booking excellence Tony Khan. Yes. No, they can't make that work. I don't I, I I've never gotten his gimmick. I, he was like the first time I saw him just and this has nothing to do with WWE. I am like I looked at him and I was like, I do not want to see you do anything. Like at all, like on <laughs> leave. <look. laughs> I was like, just leave. I don't, I don't want to see you. I don't know. And like I said, I'm generally a give everybody a shot, but it was just like, no. He's his characters. His characters have never done anything for me. So, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that's the show. Uh, plugs. You got a plug, Murray? You got some plugs for us? Um, yep. Yeah, sure, if you you can find me on Twitter at MurrayBone44. I would say I've got something planned for my columns, but considering most of my things are previews about New Japan, and New Japan is <clears throat> pretty much non-existent at this point, it's hard to find something, but I'm sure I'll probably find something to write about. And, yeah, that's probably all my plugs. And Rich? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at richlad of 32 or at One Nation Radio. Check out One Nation Radio on Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, and, you know, you can see me uh, sending out viral tweets and getting blocked by Braun Strowman and various other <laughs> people that, you know, are uncomfortable with themselves. Yes, and it, it, it's funny because I, I left definitely uh, leave that kind of stuff to Rich. You know, I occasionally have my thoughts, but I, I, yeah, I saw that blow up. I don't know, man. My words be touching people sometimes. Like, it's just like, I don't, I don't really try to, but it just happens. Y'all, man. 
you know, again, that's why you're my second favorite rapper. You know, you speak <laughs> to the soul. Um, but uh, Ron Strowman, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to get into that, but I'm just like, you know, maybe someone should run his Twitter. You know what I mean? And just like, because you got to have friends that say, hey, you probably shouldn't tweet that. And then you dot tweet it. You know, that's good stuff yeah. when you're a public yeah. figure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've always liked Ron. I've always Same here. very yeah. highly of him as a wrestler. I am one of those people that I don't need the people that Look, I like to be good people. So I'm still going to think highly of him as a wrestler. Yeah, and that's what, that's what I was getting at. I can disagree with you politically, socially, whatever, and still think you're a good wrestler. You know, like I said, no one will ever mistake me and JBL as friends. But, you know, <laughs> doing his heel run, he entertained me. You know what I mean? And I will gladly say he entertained me for a lot of his career. So it's just one of those things. It's like, but that one, that one, in the, in, in the event of what we're going through now, that was something to me with Braun. I will just say this. That's something you say to your friends and laugh about, but you never tweet it out. Right. That's all. That's it. You know, you never Instagram post it or whatever. Tell all your friends that exact same thought. Laugh. Whatever. Man, these people suck. Whatever you want to do. That should have been your private thought. That's man. But uh, you can follow us at AT Elite Pod. You can email us at allthingselitepod at gmail.com. Follow Tiffany at All Elite Tiffany. Follow, uh, follow Amy at Phoenix AEW. Um, make sure you go to prowrestlingtees.com. Uh, Illinois has been shut down, so their people can't work. So when you order a shirt, you will have the option to hit on that donate button and uh, throw them a little bit of money. I'm trying to think of something I can do to help out. Like, because I, I have a lot of memorabilia around here that I don't know where it is. So I think I should find some so I, I can help some people out. But uh, yeah, take care of each other. I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, just take care of each other. Do what you can. I'm not saying go broke, trying to help people. Just make it, I mean, just like if you got a little bit more than you can. You know, a little more than you can eat, and you know somebody that don't got enough, hook them up. You know, that's all I'm saying. And this yeah. show, of course, is represented by Power Slam TV. Make sure you check them out. Use the code Social Suplex to get you first month free. Any, anything else you two would like to add? Yeah, pretty much what Floyd said. Uh, just, you know, try to take care of everyone and try to uh, flatten this shit. And hopefully, you know, we ride this shit out. We're going to keep you know, bring you good stuff here on Social Suplex Podcast Network because one thing that thing's not going to do is stop us from talking to each other. So, absolutely, you know, absolutely. And Murray, how's it affecting you over in your part of the world, sir? Yeah, it's uh, definitely, a, you know, it's affecting what I can do because I think tonight I was actually there was there was meant to be an in, in, uh, indie show I was meant to be going to in my hometown, but that obviously got cancelled. Cancelled, and yeah, just stay safe out there, really. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I was going to say, we are the proclivity for positivity for a reason. Just help where you can. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to tell people to go over and be above 
above and beyond or anything like that. And if you need help, don't be afraid to ask. This is the time. This is the time to do it. Uh, but just remember, whether it's home, school, or work, or whether you're working at home or you're at school at home, or which, however they're confusing, always do your best to be elite. Credit card bill.